<laughs> He's worthy to be praised, isn't he? And we thank God for all that He's doing, all that He's done, all that He will do. Amen. He's the Bible says that the devil is under the feet of Jesus. And and not only in this world, in Ephesians it says not only in this world, but in that which is to come, which is tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. I just go ahead and apply that to tomorrow. I don't have to worry today about what might happen tomorrow. Amen. Uh, Jesus said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, that's kind of an old English way to say uh, tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about it. You can't do one thing about it. <laughs> but believe God that you are who the Bible says you are that you have what the Bible says you have, and that you can do what the Bible says you can do. Amen. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. You don't have to worry about him flaking out on you uh, and uh, being schizophrenic. You know, uh, some places almost preach a schizophrenic Jesus because... One day he blesses you and the next day he's not so quite so sure and, uh, you don't know what you're going to get, um, like Forrest Gump with the box of chocolates. But I will tell you that uh, we know one thing is that God's word never changes. God never changes and Jesus never changes. And so because of all that, we can pretty well be assured of victory every single day. And, uh, if there's something that you're going to be facing that's not pleasant, the Lord will help you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nothing. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen. You're with me. Thank God that we can depend on those scriptures and those truths. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to preach. Uh, we, we sang a lot. And <laughs> the, Star, the Star Spangled Banner is not the easiest song to sing. But it is our national anthem, and it inspires me. And uh, some of the words, you know, it's all about the battle. It's all about the fight uh, for our independence and for our freedom. So uh, we think we think about fighting and and sacrifice and laying down our lives and the, those sorts of things. Um, I was, uh, some of you may have caught it. I was interviewed again on Fox uh, and Friends um, on Friday. To kick off the the weekend, uh, the uh, I almost said Labor Day. Boy, I'm rushing through the summer, and I it's hot, and you just hope for free for you know uh, uh, what is it? relief. Amen. How do you spell relief in Florida? We spell it November. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we spell relief November, and then we're kind of snotty about it because we're warm where everybody else is freezing. So, <laughs> all in good jest, amen. But praise God, you know, we 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 talk about uh again uh fighting and and sacrifice and those things and and uh, on the interview, uh, one of the things that I had said is that freedom is not free and all you have to do is just visit uh a military cemetery or especially Arlington National Cemetery in Washington. And uh, all you have to do is just walk through there and visit and look at, uh, and that's not even including wars fought before the Civil War, but from the Civil War on, the war dead, so many lay there. And so it makes you realize, wow, we, we thank God for our freedom. Amen. Have a great, you know, Fourth of July or Memorial Day, uh, rent a boat, <laughs> barbecue. Uh, President Biden said we're saving 16 cents um, each on the on the um, on the meal. Praise the Lord. That'll don't don't spend all that in one spot. Hang on to your 16 cents. But uh, you know we 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 have a good time with friends and family. Amen. And and uh, and laugh and and rejoice and just keep in mind that freedom is not free and it came with a price. And we're grateful and thankful. It doesn't mean we're supposed to walk around gloomy and sad about it, but we rejoice and we are grateful and just a little gratitude. You know, some of, some of, there's controversy right now. There always will be. I just want to warn you. <laughs> if you've lived long enough on this earth, you know that, that 
that there's always going to be somebody challenging something, right? It's never going to be perfect. But I will tell you that the thing that's most disturbing to me about some of the protests and some of the uh, refusing to sing the national anthem, refusing to stand at attention, you know, for the Pledge of Allegiance and the flag and all that. The thing that's most disturbing about it, I think, is the lack of gratitude. The, the, you know, so you don't agree with all the policies or whatever. Fine. You have a right to disagree, but to, to at least be grateful for what God and this country has provided. And, um, I think one thing that would be good is maybe those that aren't grateful, maybe just ship them off somewhere <laughs> where <laughs> I said it with a smile. <laughs> ship them off somewhere for about five, six years and let them live under the boot of tyranny and uh, and see how they enjoy that. And they might come back with a little bit more gratitude. Amen. Of course, that's impossible, but it's my feeling about it anyway, if I may express a feeling. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's look in the word. We're going to talk about fighting the good fight of faith. So if you'll look at First Timothy and uh, chapter 6, praise the Lord, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, um, Paul is still writing and preaching to his protege, his son in the faith, Timothy, and telling him what to do, what to, how to be a pastor, how to, how to do the work, work of God, amen. And he says here something that, that brings us up about a lot about life. Fight the good fight of faith, uh, which is the title of the message. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So it, we, we are... We are called, of course, to eternal life, but if you look at the grammar of that, it says that we're also called to fight the good fight of faith. That's part of our calling, to fight the good fight of faith. Um, John Osteen used to say, uh, if we didn't need faith, we wouldn't have to have faith. You know, there's going to come a time when you're going to have to have some faith. Amen. And believe God, we won't go into a big lesson on the definition of faith at all. We did that, what, three Sundays ago or so. But, you know, faith is something that is practiced. This good fight of faith, the struggle of faith, um, the wrestling that comes with faith, amen, is, is all done in the spirit realm. It's all done in the unseen realm. And so you can have what you feel like is hell week going on. You know, they have that at, uh, <laughs> at I think, uh, um, West Point or whatever. They, they run them through hell week, <laughs> the, the new recruits, and try to make it as tough as they can on them or at VMI or somewhere like that, you know. But, you know, uh, uh, sometimes we feel like we're in hell week, don't we? Sometimes we feel like we're in hell month. Or hell year. <laughs> and say, somebody says, are you going through hell? Say, well, no, but I can see it from here. <laughs> and feel the flames of it, the heat of it. Amen. The heat can be turned up. And, uh, it's kind of like the three Hebrew children. They got thrown into an inferno and, uh, they still wouldn't, uh, you know, bow to the demands of the fault with the false god and all that. And so, uh, the, the, the king turned up the heat hotter, <laughs> so much so that those who threw them back into the fire were, you know, consumed themselves. It's like a backdraft, I guess, sucked them right in to the furnace and killed them. And yet they, they got out without even the smell of smoke. So that'll preach right there, amen, stealing uh, the general overseer Tim Hill's message from camp meeting. He preached about that. <laughs> and we're, that was a great message, great sermon. Uh, you can get that online if you look up Florida Church of God, you can find, find that message from camp meeting. It was awesome. But, uh, 
you know, you can go through what you feel like is the fiery furnace of life and come out without even the smell of smoke on you. And the Bible says that on that, on that story, that the only thing that burned up were the ties that had their hands bound. Isn't that something? Their clothes didn't burn up. Their, the, their hair didn't catch on fire. <laughs> All these things that should have been consumed were not. And the only thing that was consumed was the, the, the bands or the, the chains that uh, would have had you bound. Amen? And uh, the Imperials used to sing that great song, you know, praise the Lord. The chains that seem to bind you fall behind you, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you praise him. Amen. I believe that's true too. Anyway, we're, we're talking about here in this verse, the good fight of faith. And you ask yourself a question, well, what is a good fight? What is a good fight? And, uh, Somebody said one time, well, a good fight is a fight that you win. It's obviously you wouldn't go get beat up and come back with one eye gouged out and blood coming off your nose and say, uh, and a broke arm and say, how was the fight? How was the street fight? Well, really good. I lost. Nobody says that. Nobody's ever said that. You don't fight a good fight unless you feel you wouldn't call it a good fight unless you won it. Amen. And so Jesus really won the real fight for us. You know, people say, you ask them, how y'all doing? Well, we're, we're fighting the devil with everything we've got. Well, why would you do that? He's already defeated. Don't set out to fight the devil. But what you're fighting is the good fight of faith. The works of darkness and the dark things of life coming against you, trying to hurt you, trying to, you know, persuade you that God is not who he says he is, that he is um, not helping you. You know, the devil really only has one lie and only one trick, and that is to accuse God of being not a good father. He started that in the Garden of Eden, you know, when when uh, he went up to, to uh, Eve, who had been told by God, and uh, to Adam and said, you know, every, you've got everything you need right here in this garden. There's nothing more. It's just beautifully supplied. And the devil was the one that, recommend, that, that suggested the idea, well, maybe there's something you lack. And so if you if you go ahead and sin and eat of this tree um, of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will, you will then, that's when you will really have everything. But God's held, held out on you. And so that's what we constantly deal with is that same temptation to disbelieve. That same idea that God is not supplying for us. He's not healing us. He's not bringing us the supply that we need financially and those things. He's not for us. He's not helping us. And that's what the devil constantly wants us to believe. But we have got to fight the good fight, the one that we've, it's fixed. I'm telling you, it's a fixed fight. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's already fixed. The devil just doesn't want you to know it's fixed. And he wants you to think that you've got to overcome him and all these Hollywood movies showing demons and devils being so powerful and overpowering the priest trying to do an exorcism or whatever is just, it's, it's, it's lies from the pit of hell. It's propaganda from the devil who's trying to get you to believe something that's not true. And the truth is we're already the winners. Now you say, well, I sure don't. I mean, just tell you, pastor, I don't feel like a winner today. I, you went by how you felt. You know, we don't do anything else in life by how we feel. If, you know, you don't, if you have a job and you want to continue to work there, you pretty much go to work whether you feel like it or not. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you're a wife, you do wife things, (laughs) right? Wife responsibilities, mother responsibilities, whether you feel like you change those diapers and and feed those babies whether you feel like it or not. 
If you're a father, you do the father things, amen. The responsibilities that are there as a, a husband and a father to provide for the family and do whatever it takes, amen. We do what we need to do uh, when it comes to everything else in life, whether we feel like it or not, till it comes to church, till it comes to the things of God, till it comes to the word. And then it's like, I just don't feel like doing any of this. <laughs> but I'm just laughing because I, I, why do, how can I speak of it so succinctly? Because <laughs> I'm one of the guilty ones. <laughs> I don't feel like fighting the good fight of faith today. I just want to sit down and feel sorry for myself and have a bowl of haagen <laughs> Run my glycemic index up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, anybody ever been there? But, you know, deep down inside, the real believer, <laughs> the real Christian knows that this is right. And if you think about it right, you need to have a a, a little place in your soul reserved for righteous indignation. Because, you know, we get taught in Christian, Christian world that Christianity is just, you know, daisies and lollipops and, (laughs) right? And everything's just pretty. But, Life isn't like that, and uh, we wish it was. When we all get to heaven, it'll be better. But I'm telling you, down here, we've still got a crazed maniac on the loose called Satan. He's defeated, and he's also self-deluded to think that he, I don't know if he believes he's going to somehow get out of everything and overcome or not, but he's not. I've read the back of the book, and we win, and God wins, and heaven wins, and Jesus wins. Amen. But right now we're in the good fight of faith, aren't we? In life. And, and, uh, there's, a, I'm telling you, as long as you draw breath on this earth, there's always going to be something that you're believing God for. There's always going to be something out of your reach in the natural that you've got to put faith on to receive it. Praise God. So the good fight, again, we're talking about this verse. The good fight is the fight of faith. It's the one that you win and that's fixed. You're already winning it. Amen. Jesus really won it for us. And here we go. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And so what do we fight that good fight of faith with? Well, you know, one thing is it says professed a good profession. You know, we could say confessed a good confession um, and mean the same thing. We need to confess all these things that are true. Amen. We need to, we need to declare that we're the winners. We need to declare, well, I don't feel like a winner. I didn't ask you how you felt. What is the truth of it? Amen. It's like going to the doctor and you feel lousy and you got all these symptoms and he says, well, you've got, you know, you've got the bug or <laughs> this has been going around and they give you, uh, some kind of, uh, of, um, of a pill or whatever to take, you know, to, to, um, to, uh, overcome that. And you say, well, I still feel lousy. And so you, he gives you this pill and you think, well, I still feel kind of crummy about this and still feel pretty lousy. And, um, and so, uh, you, he says, I know that you still feel bad, but you have faith in this medicine. Keep taking it. And eventually your feelings will catch up with you and your symptoms will leave and you'll be okay. Can you say amen? Praise God. So that's what we do. We we do this with the word of God. We take the word and we chew on it and we and we consume it. And it's like like if you've ever had a cold or whatever, you keep sipping that lemon tea or uh, chicken soup or whatever, (laughs) Theraflu or whatever you're doctrining yourself with amen uh to, to, for the symptoms it's not really touching the thing but it's helping you feel better and this is the same with that the word of god will help you feel better even amen praise god to fight the good fight well how do we do that we'll turn to ephesians 6 a very familiar passage of scripture am i right 
Ephesians 6, what does that describe? We're going to describe in Ephesians our warfare. Amen. So look at Ephesians 6.10, and we're going to look at our armor. Because don't you think if we've ordered, if we're ordered by the word to fight the good fight of faith, don't you think that we should, um, put on the right equipment to do that with? Amen? Don't just go out there. You know, if you knew you were going to really fight a good fight, would you want to go out there with, you know, flip flops and swimsuit and <laughs> straw hat? <laughs> Some sunglasses, like you're a day at the beach. No, you're gonna you're gonna want to wear something that is protective, amen. And maybe have some kind of weapon to give yourself an advantage. <laughs> All right, so we have the fight of faith is in the spirit realm, where you do the fighting, amen. That's why the devil tries to distract you out of faith realm. He doesn't want you in the spirit. He wants you in the flesh. And if you stay in the flesh and just stay in your thought life, the devil will defeat you. But if you can get away from the flesh and away from the mind in that sense and just into the word and into the spirit, you'll defeat him every time. That's why he's, that's why he tries to get you upset in the flesh or, or discouraged or feeling blue and sad, right? Well, look here at Ephesians 6, 10. All right? Finally, I love it, it's finally. <laughs> Here's your final word on this thing. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Where, how are you going to be strong? In yourself or your flesh? No, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Woo! Praise God, we can get into God's power and God's might. And it's the same as if God's fighting the battle. And he is, he's behind us. You know, David, when he faced Goliath, I always say that that was a very large man with a very tiny brain, Goliath, because when David said these words, he said, the you have come against the armies of the living God. In other words, you've come against God. And that's when Goliath should have had a little meeting and said, you know, maybe we want to rethink this. Because as big as I am, and they say that he had four brothers, that's why there was five stones, that he had four brothers, big Neanderthal-looking people, and said, uh, and some think that it was actually Nephilim and all that, but we won't get into that. Who cares? Thing is, we got these people threatening the children of Israel. Amen. And David's out there and, uh, he says, he says, you know, we got, we got these, 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 this guy Goliath, the spokesman, and then his four brothers and then their army and everything probably equally matched in, uh, modern warfare for that day or whatever they had, you know, <laughs> the big club with the spikes on the end, on the end of a chain or whatever. And so they're out there, you know, with ready to rumble, ready to go. And David gives him a final out. He says, you have not only threatened the children of Israel and, and their army and not only threatened me, a 17 year old shepherd boy with a bag of rocks, but you have, uh, threatened God. Now that's, you'll always lose threatening God. <laughs> He's bigger <laughs> and better. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, the threatening God and, and, uh, he said, the armies of the living God whom thou hast defied this day. And that's when Goliath should have said, oops. We, you know, I, I, you know, my brain is now working. I think, okay, you win, bye. But no, he's got, he got so mad that David said that, that it says he ran towards David and David said, ooh, I didn't mean to upset him that bad. 
Let's negotiate. No. Time for talk was over. This is it. And that's the way it goes with the devil. Praise God. (laughs) And the affairs of this life, we need to say, you know, it's over. Time for talk is over, Mr. Devil. This means, this means war, like Bugs Bunny, you know, you can see him, right? This means war. Praise God. And that's what we need to do. And we need to say, you're already defeated and you're so stupid. You, you don't, you, you, your, your mistake. I always say the devil attacks the wrong people because you want to say your mistake was counting on my ignorance that I don't know who I am in Christ, that I don't know the word. That I don't have faith. That I'm not wearing my armor. That's your mistake. And that was the same mistake that Goliath and his group made. And David won the day. Amen. David said what was going to happen. He said, this day, I'm going to take your head off and feed your carcass to the the beast of the field and the fowls of the air. And that's what he did. Somebody said, why did he cut the head off? Because that was the thing doing all the talking (laughs) and all the threatening. Amen. You don't let the devil just talk to you. You don't listen to him and let him just talk and yammer on all night. Like I said, if you have to, you get up, you turn on the light, (laughs) or you go to, you know, you don't want to disturb someone, you go into the other room and You get the Bible out, amen, and you start speaking the word of God over your life and situation. Can you say amen? Anyway, we're going to be strong in God, like David and Goliath. We're going to be strong in the Lord, not just in our own strength. David had no intention of trying to physically overpower that giant. He had no intention of that. He knew that God would, God's power would get behind one of those stones and sling it. The Bible says that stone sunk into that man's forehead and dropped him like a hot potato. You won't find hot potato in the Bible, but that's my translation. Put on. That means something for us to do. Put on the whole armor of God, not just part of it. Well, I don't like the shield. It's too heavy to carry. No, you better put it all on. Amen? Have it all. Put on the whole armor of God. I love words because they just paint a picture of what we're to do. We're to put it, we gotta get it and put it on. Uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means strategies. His strategies, his plans. His plot, his vision for your life, which is not good. Amen. You want, you want God's vision for your life and your vision for your life based on the word, not the devil's. Whoo! Starting to get Pentecostal on you. Be careful. For we wrestle not, but we do wrestle. <laughs> we do wrestle, but He's going to tell us what we're wrestling against, but what we're wrestling not against. We are, re- it, we, it is a wrestling match. Now, if you've ever watched a wrestling match, I'm not talking about WWE, but I'm talking about like high school and college <laughs> athletic wrestling. My son, Nick, was on the wrestling team and he'd go watch the matches. And I noticed something about wrestling. It's, uh, it's whoever has the power. <laughs> And the moves and the strategies to, uh, pin down the opponent and, and basically neutralize his ability to come back up at you. Amen. And so I like the idea of wrestling here. It's like, uh, sometimes with wrestling there's a struggle and you break a sweat and they're right. And, uh, sometimes there's, uh, things that the opponent does that are disqualifiers. You can't bite somebody's ear off and all that. But uh, we are wrestling. Just say say that out loud. We are wrestling. We are. Do you, and, you know, sometimes wrestling matches go for a while before somebody's declared a winner. 
So don't give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Amen. Keep, keep in there. Fight the good fight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So here's the armor. Now he tells us what our fight is there. The, ar- the armor. Take unto you the whole armor of God. A second admonition to do it. You think it's important? That you may be able to withstand or stand up in the evil day. How many believe we're living in the evil day? This is pretty dark day, isn't it? Having done all to stand, stand therefore. I love that. Having done all to stand, stand. Don't give up your ground. Amen. Like somebody trying to break into your house. You stand there in the doorway if you have to. You you do whatever. You get a baseball bat or a gun or something to, to defend your place, right? You're not going to just let anybody and their brother just come in there and do and 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 destroy things, right? You're going to stand having done all to stand, you're going to still stand. Having your loins girt about with truth. Where do you find the truth? In the word. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Woo! We get that from Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. My book uh, that I wrote, A Deep Settled Peace, has a whole chapter on what the what that looked like. This is the description of a Roman centurion uh, soldier of the day. And we found out by reading that those Roman sandals that the soldiers wore were wide-soled. They were... They were wider than the, 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 the man's foot because some other soldiers before the battle started, these are the guys out on the front line, <laughs> they have brought six foot, whatever, <laughs> stakes, like tent stakes, you know, put up a tent. I mean, I like a revival tent, not your camping tent. Um, and so they're like six feet. So they bring these stakes, these long metal pointy rods, reeds, whatever, and literally hammer them down into the ground through the outer soles of those sandals. So that that soldier (laughs) is going to stand there and fight to the death. That's the, that's what the picture of this is. Our feet are planted on solid ground. Hallelujah. And God himself has nailed us to the earth, <laughs> so to speak, to stand our ground. Woo! That's why, having done all to stand, you stand with all these things, and finally you can stand because your feet are firmly planted, literally nailed to the ground. Don't you love this? And what is that? Peace. Peace. I've seen people try to be in faith and they don't have any peace so on them. Like Brother Hagan used to say, the whine never left their voice. They're saying all the right things, but it's whiny. And it's filled with fear. You, you, the only way to overcome that is to get back in the Word. See what the Word says about your case. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Is this worth the price of admission? Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And you know what? You, the rest of it is not going to matter much if you don't have your feet firmly planted and the right footwear. You don't send soldiers out barefoot to fight a battle. You're going to lose. Part of the problem with um, the, the um, World War One was... Some of the soldiers ran out of proper socks and shoes, and uh, their feet literally froze in the trenches. And others developed a condition called trench foot, which is like gangrene, eating your feet off. So I don't care how trained you are with a gun 
or how you know well you are with our artillery or whatever, you're gonna you're not gonna be a very good fighting shape with your feet rotting off. Preach, Pastor. Above all, you think above all means above all? Maybe taking the shield of faith. Where does faith come from? Remember about two or three Sundays ago we preached on that? Where does faith come from? Faith, uh, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench some of the worst things. But, you know, you can't expect victory in every way. No. Quench all. Everybody say all. All. Like, like we heard all means all. <laughs> all the fiery darts of the wicked. Praise God. I don't like singing songs that talk about though I may be pierced or though I may be whatever. I don't like singing that because it's against the word here. It says we shall be able to quench them all. All of them. All of them. Say, well, in 1962, one of them got through. Okay, but since then, or last year, I got a fiery dart. It came through and right into my eyeball. Well, okay, well, pick up and go on. Soldier on. Amen. But keep declaring what should be yours. Woo! All the fiery darts. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, praying. Now, this is, this is part of it. This is part of it, not just wearing all that. You got all this on. What are you going to do now? Well, you're going to quench all the fiery darts. What else are you going to do? You're going to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're supposed to be praying. We're supposed to be watching and persevering. And for me, well, I want to pray. I don't know how to pray. Well, here's something. Here's an idea. And for me, pray for me. That would be, in this case, I, this is my prayer request as pastor. All right? Pray, and, and, and Pastor Scarlett, pray for me or pray for us that utterance may be given unto me. Amen. That I may open my mouth very carefully, because I don't want to offend anybody, you know, be very careful. No, open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak timidly and carefully no, boldly, as I ought to speak. I, I like reading, when we read Ephesians 6, I like reading down through those verses because I think that's all part of the training for warfare. Now, I'm sorry to tell you that I do read Facebook. Uh, but, uh, so pray for me if you think that's a problem. But there, there's a lot of Christians on Facebook and a lot of Christian prayer requests on Facebook. And you can tell by the prayer request, don't mean to be unkind, but you can tell by the prayer request how far along the writer of the prayer request is in the things of God. Because so many prayer requests have already been taken care of by redemption, by the blood of Jesus. And so what we should be doing is, and Pastor Scarlett brought this up to me this morning. We were talking about this service. Um, I think it was either Lillian B. Yeomans or Mrs. C. Newsom, uh, both Assemblies of God uh, publishing house books, uh, that talked about, uh, I'm sorry, Yeomans is Foursquare, <laughs> but Mrs. C. Newsom's Assemblies. We won't hold any of that against any of them. Praise the Lord. But um, they should have all been in the church of God. It's right. Hallelujah. I'm kidding. 
Uh, sometimes we are wrong. But um, the um, she had a vision. It was one of those writers had a vision of uh, like you know you, oh, these old fashioned scales you ever seen that's got two 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 plates, chains and a balance and if you have the same weight on each side, it'll it'll stay even. If one's heavier than the other one, it'll start tilting. And said she saw that and said on one side was prayer and the other side was praise. And the prayer was for the church was very heavy. It was almost sitting down on the table and really light on the praise side. And said the Lord said, you need to put some of that <laughs> effort into the praise life as much as you do prayer. And so it's one thing to pray the prayer of faith, claim things by faith, intercede for others. But then you need to balance that and take some of the time and the emphasis to balance that with praising and thanking God for what you've already prayed for. Because otherwise it's like, I don't know, cult chanting, you know, just chanting something over and over and over. I've seen word of faith people get into that, you know, and I am word of faith. It was Word of Faith before it was a movement. We didn't even know that it was going to be a movement. And uh, now it's in some places turned into a monument but because uh, nobody wants to move on. But praise God, you know, we, we don't move on past faith, I'm saying, but the movement needs to grow, amen, and, and expand and be open to new revelation. Can you imagine that there might be something fresh that hasn't been known yet? <laughs> I'm looking for that anyway. How about you? I'm open. I don't believe that anybody, whether it's Brother Hagen or Copeland or whoever's got all the answers, and they would tell you that they don't. Amen. So there, I qualified everything that needs to be qualified for all the haters that's going to send me hateful emails uh, and comments on Facebook. But um, I'm telling you that uh, that um, you, you know we get in we get into a, a thing with this where. We almost are chanting in confession. That's not going to help. Maybe it helps you to remember things, but you know, it's, that's not the idea. Well, if I say it 985 times, that's the magic number, then I'll get it. No, you have it because Jesus already got it for you. Our confessing the word is to remind us of the truth that already exists, not trying to manipulate God to do something. He's already done it all. It's a finished work to tell us die. It's finished. It's over. Over, over, over. Praise the Lord. And so we confess the word to keep our mind quiet and to keep ourselves energized, not because the word has got some magic power that if you say it enough, you know, eye of newt and whatever, you know, like your little pot, uh, Abracadabra. That's not the point. The Word of God's not abracadabra. The Word of God is a declaration of God's will and God's truth and God's, what He's done and His power and His authority. It's not magic words. And I think there's some people in the charismatic movement, the faith movement, they almost started treating it like it was magic words. Well, say this confession enough and things will change. And it's like, Wait a minute, stop. Time out. You're missing the point. Amen. We're not confessing it with those magic words to get something to move. We're confessing it as declarations and decrees of a truth over that thing, no matter what it looks like. We're fighting the good fight of faith with our shield of faith. Amen. To quench those fiery darts while we take the sword of the Spirit, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, and we use the word skillfully, rightly divided, and dividing, and winning the battle every time. It's important that you win every time. I said it's important that you win every time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because it's all the fiery darts. The devil will try to get you to believe all kinds of stuff that's not, you won't find in scripture. 
Well, you know, you can't expect to win everything. You win a few, you lose a few. You just never know. This is the way the world talks at the grocery store. And we're supposed to accept that if we if we seem like we're reasonable people, we're supposed to go, yeah, well, you just never know. <laughs> you know, like you're a slobbering idiot. And I'm, t- you know, this is the way the the world wants people to behave. But in Jesus' name, no, I, I am not going to concede something less than what the Word says belongs to me. I don't believe in winning a few and losing a few. I never know. I'm not. I, no. I just go, no. We win off every time because the Bible says that we'll quench all the fiery darts. All of them. All of them. The devil does not get one win. He does not get equal opportunity. He's not equal with God and on one angel, on one side you got a demon, on the other side an angel, and you know, all that imagery is bad. It's not Bible. It's not Christian. I don't know where it came from. Well, I saw that on a Walt Disney cartoon. Oh well, that oh well, Walt Disney. Well, yeah, why didn't you say so? Come on. Amen. What are we doing here? Playing Mickey Mouse circus? This is, this is, the circus is out of business. Anyway, which is sad. But anyway, you know, here we have, here we have the word of God, like God himself speaking to me. Oh, I can't stand that thought of, well, you've got to be reasonable. Oh, I don't. I'm going to be unreasonable. And fanatical. Well, he's one of those Bible-beaten fanatics. Amen. Thanks. Thank you for the compliment. I'm tired of this namby-pamby world. I'm telling you the church. And I was telling Scarlett today, poor Scarlett has to listen to me rant and rave all the way to church. I mean, usually all the way home. But... uh I told her, I said, you know, all this seeker stuff that's been going on, you know, for about 30 years now. And, you know, they're, they're whatever. But I'm just telling you, uh, the gospel has gotten so watered down in this nation that you, most places you don't even recognize what they're preaching. You don't even know what they're saying. Literally, some churches are singing Peter, Paul, and Mary songs to help people feel better. And it's like, look, I don't have anything against Peter, Paul, or Mary, but, uh, and their songs are fine, I guess, if you like war protest sounding music, fine. No problem. Pick what you want. I like Mama Cass. You know, she sing California Dreamin'. But we're not singing California Dreamin' in the church. We're going to sing the Word of God and lift up the name of Jesus and do something in this spirit realm where we're fighting the good fight of faith. And this building is supposed to be the training center where you go and train for the real fight. Most of the time, the real fight's not occurring in here. It's occurring out there. <laughs> right? But we come in here and we get on the treadmill and we do the circuit training and we lift, lift weights and we, and we train and encourage one another and we say, you got this <laughs> and you can do this and God's got you and don't worry. And if it gets to be too much of a weight, we got spotters that'll help you lift it. Praise God so that when you go back out, into where the real fight will probably be, you're trained and ready. Woo! Glory to God. Well, if that doesn't help you, I don't know what to tell you. I guess sometimes I say, well, you're on your own after that. But Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and praise Him. Thank Him.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, this day. We thank you for our great nation. We pray for our president. We pray for our vice president. We pray for all that are in authority. And, Lord, we thank you that your righteous cause will shine in the midst of darkness. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For those that are watching by Internet, if you want to join us um, in prayer, just, you know, if you have a physical need, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. And uh, if you have a financial need, just to agree with my prayer. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. Those that are sitting here today are those that are watching. We thank you for your healing touch today. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors, and, and disease to wither and die. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power in Jesus' name. Be healed today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. Command pain and suffering to go. Command health and healing and wholeness to come. Those that have a financial need or a physical need in some way, material need, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you today by faith that you caused yourself to show up strong in their lives this week. Show yourself strong. Show yourself mighty. Show yourself that you are a God who provides and meets every need. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God forevermore. Uh, remember, just a recap on a couple of the announcements. Wednesday night, we're going to have a great time here. We have dinner at 6, service at 7. Pastor Scarlett will be ministering. I asked her this morning if she would minister Wednesday night and receive... We'll receive something wonderful. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and then, of course, next Sunday, hallelujah, go and be blessed. Have a great 4th of July and uh, save your 16 cents. Praise God. You're going to need it for taxes later. All right. Okay. God bless you. Amen. You may be dismissed. <laughs>